0: Well, it's Thursday. It's a game day. It's the game day for the first of four straight ball games against the in state rival, the University of Mississippi. I'm Charlie Winfield. Bart Gregory here with me on our Tracks Plus deep dig here in the Farm Bureau studios. Well, when the schedule came out, Bart, it looked odd to see four straight games against Ole Miss. You've got three this weekend, Tuesday in the Governor's Cup. I will go ahead and tell you right now. You give me the three this weekend they can have Tuesday.
1: Yeah, Tuesday doesn't mean anything if you get two out of three this weekend. Kinda of forget that one. Now if if we won win one out of three, then Tuesday, yeah, that counts. You know, I was talking to Chris Lamonis about this the other night and we were I asked him, I said, How in the world does it end up when you play four games in a row? And he says, you know, we actually get the schedule for Pearl before we get the league schedule. We don't get the league schedule till late. And so when they get the league schedule, looking, and he said, "That's the first thing we looked at." It was like, "Well, Dad, gun, we got to play four games in a row against Ole Miss." Just one of the observations that you get when you get the schedule, Charlie. It's crazy, man. You look at this weekend, and you look at you know Ole Miss at five and ten in the SEC, and then we're six and nine, and you know you want to sit there and say, "Hey, we." You know, we're just not playing up to expectations. We haven't you know we haven't gotten it going yet and, and I think old Miss people are saying the same thing right now and yeah, you know, then you have the factions. Oh, no, they're so, saying a lot of things right oh, now. I, 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 I kinda of dumbed that down for you. And so, you know, some people say, hey, you kinda of are what you are at this time of year. But I still look at both of these teams and I may be just two class half full right now. I still look at both of these teams and say if somebody could catch fire these these are two teams that could could do some damage down the road, but hey, now is the time. I mean, you got to hit the button. Yeah, you, know, you got to put it in drive, and so you better do it in a hurry because lose this weekend. If if state could win two out of three this weekend, I think it it could be a nail for Ole Miss. If um, if we go up there and get swept this weekend, it could uh, it could be a damaging situation for us. And
0: hey, what do we figure? To get into the NCAA tournament, well, first of all, you've got to make the SEC tournament, really, to have any hope. I think, and then I still think, fourteen may get you there, but fifteen wins makes you feel a lot better. And you know, if you want to try to get to fifteen, all of a sudden, you know, what are we talking? Having to go nine and six on the back nine here—that's uh, it's kind of a tall task already. You can't afford to go lose three, and you really need to—you need to win this series.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think this is a weekend you have to go up there. And I think tonight's so big because this is double-decker weekend. This is a Grove Bowl weekend for them. And there, there's going to be a big crowd, you think, on Saturday. And they have not had as big a crowds this year because – let me ask you this question. Do you think Ole Miss playing Tennessee as early as they did was detrimental to their season? Because you look back at us last year. We had the same situation. We were playing a top team in the country in Arkansas. But it was middle of the season. And we could overcome that. And it was, hey, we were a hit or two away. I don't know we got swept at home, but we were a hit or two away from, from winning a game or two against Arkansas. Tennessee comes in early in the year into Oxford. They've got great expectations. They're the top team in the country at the time. And then when Tennessee rolls through, it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just a little ditch in between where you wanted to be in the number one team in the country. It was like a chasm. And so do you think that Tennessee win, that sweep kind of you know, knocked Ole Miss back to where they are right now? I think it had a lot to do with
0: it because even if you go back last year, now we got we weren't terribly competitive in a couple of those ball games with Arkansas. We lost eight to two, eleven to five. But then on the Sunday game we come back and get beat six to four. So it wasn't like we left there saying man, we just can't compete with those guys. In fact, you and I came in here and we said, hey, we have now seen the difference in what we are and what we want to be. Unfortunately, I think, as you point out, Ole Miss saw that difference, and, and it was really big. And it had to be a little bit disheartening, too, because they came into this season thinking they had an Omaha team. They came into this season thinking Derek Diamond was – a legitimate Friday starter in the SEC.
1: Hey, not just coming into the season. We're talking about a month ago. A month ago, the number one team in the country. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of 2006 when we started out so hot. I mean, we were gangbusters, man and we got up to number one in the country. We beat LSU two out of three down in Baton Rouge. Uh, Matt Richardson had a big home run down in Baton Rouge. And then we come back, we lose two out of three against Alabama. That's when we went to La Tech and lost that game where we had like a five-run lead with two outs and nobody on base in the bottom of the ninth inning, and they come back and hit like eight base hits in a row and all were just seeds. And we were number one in the country at the time and then in danger, or I don't know if we made the SEC tournament that year. And and the thing I would say is, even when we
0: were number one, the signs were there that we weren't as good. The same has been true for Ole Miss. I think the signs have been there. They get pretty excited about Charleston Southern and VCU and Louisiana Monroe. So you get off to a a pretty good start not playing some great teams. But then, you know, look, they took two out of three at Auburn. That's a pretty good start. It is. When you go do that. And I think you're exactly right, though. I think things kind of started to fall apart. That Alabama series, they get swept by Alabama. And you got to keep in mind, too, and then they lose two out of three. So, they've lost five out of six here in the SEC. you got to keep in mind, too, though, that this – I'm going to draw a comparison that may be a little bit unfair. But you know how people were kind of down on Mississippi State basketball coming into the season? Yeah. But you have these transfers come in and everybody kind of bought in. And then the first time it went bad, it was just like, see, I told you we weren't going to be any good, and we're just playing out the string. Now, Ole Miss came into this a different way. They believed in their lineup. They believed in their team. But there were a whole bunch of questions, and there were a whole bunch of people unhappy that Mike Bianco didn't get hired at Baton Rouge. And, look, I think Bianco is a good coach. I had it described to me this way yesterday. He's a top 25 coach. He's not a top eight coach. He is not consistent. Look, he's been in the College Bowl Series one time. And and I like him as a coach, but you have this group of people. Whatever I, my view is, I guess it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is that a lot of Ole Miss people weren't sold on Mike Bianco. And so the first time things went wrong, it kind of gave you a chance to go up. So I'm going to turn this around. I want to ask you this, quick. how many times do we talk about, we kind of laugh about Coach Polk, you know, well, just a lot of pressure on the boys. Um, you know, we think of Super Bulldog weekends in the past where we didn't play as well. Are we going to see that in reverse on these guys this weekend?
1: I especially think that, yes. I think if we win tonight or tomorrow night and put some pressure on where Saturday becomes a very big game, it may be the rubber game of the three-game series, it may be to salvage a game, and then all of a sudden there's your big crowd for the weekend. Or it may make – hey, it may make me as a fan – Try to determine whether I want to stay on the square or if I want to go to the baseball game, because they haven't had the crowds that they had, you know, early in the year against Tennessee. Tennessee kind of knocked them back a little bit, and so, you know, what's the what's that old adage about playing in Baton Rouge when when LSU when LSU is playing well? There's no better place to be in the country for an LSU fan, for an LSU player. But if you're not playing well, there's no worse place to be in the country than an LSU player. <laughs> and so that, uh, that could turn on you a little bit on Saturday and kind of ratchet up the pressures. You know, when, when you look at these two teams statistically in league play through half the season, they're very similar. You know, Ole Miss is batting two forty one as a team. We're batting two fifty seven. You look at pitching-wise, our ERA in league games is six thirty two. Their ERA is six five eight. I mean, they're very similar. We've hit twenty or uh, they've hit twenty eight home runs. We've hit twenty six home runs. And so you just look up and down the order, you know, the thing that, that's been different in the recipe to get get here for us and for Ole Miss is we actually have, you know, three guys who are batting right at three hundred. Okay, RJ Yeager has been good in league play, batting three forty nine, Cumbus three seventeen in league play, and then Logan Tanner, two ninety three. The thing about Ole Miss and League Play Tim Elko is batting 407 in league play with eight home runs. But then he's the only guy batting over three hundred and he's batting 407. You see the chasm there. Uh, that's the second time I've used that word. I like it today. 407 for Elko. Then Kemp Alderman, who's only played well, – he's played 14 games, 15 games in league play. He's batting two hundred seventy-eight. And so therein lies – the, the, the situation for Ole Miss, they've got one guy who's really risen to the occasion, and we all know what Elko could do. He was a great story last year. You know, Elko is a is a fantastic guy. But he's also a guy, and that's what kind of worries you about this weekend is you don't know what to expect. I mean, so Ole Miss is a team that will strike out some. Is this a team that shows up to the ballpark? Is Elko a guy that shows up and he gets you know four hits in a game on tonight or tomorrow? Or strikes out four times. Or strikes out four times. You just don't know.
0: I, I would say this though: the big thing about all the people kind of taking some pleasure in the the circumstances at Ole Miss. Was he saying, "Don't get fake, don't get hit in the face when they throw in the towel, um, wounded dogs, and all that"? They go out and win tonight, and then they win tomorrow. Saturday is going to be going to be a tough environment to play baseball.
1: Oh yeah, get ready now, Brandon Smith tonight, and he's been getting good movement with his his two seam fastball. You know the thing that Brandon has done is gotten hit a little bit, and you know he, he gave up some, he gave up some home runs, and so you you can't get up in the zone. You have to stay down in the zone. Can Ole Miss go down and get that, uh, Charlie? You know that's that's a ballpark that's a hitter's ballpark. You know especially around this time of year, and so it's kind of feast or famine. You know you start looking at the lineup. You kind of wonder. Okay, you wonder about a couple things with them. One is, are you going to get Hayden Dunhurst back as your catcher? He went out last Friday in the second game going in for a double, jammed his shoulder, did not play in the Saturday game, game three last weekend over South Carolina, did not play in the midweek game this past week. And so do you get Dunhurst behind the plate or is it Calvin Harris behind the plate? And then what, what, are, what are they doing at second base? Uh, Chatagnier, who has played a lot of second base, started in 13 games in league play. But it, has not started the last two. They started Burford there put Burford at second base. Now, Burford has had some troubles with some errors of late. Um, so, you know, then you, then you ask yourself the question, do you get Burford, do you get Chardonnay at second base? And a lot of it is just because the inability to hit. I mean, Chardonnay right now is batting a buck 96 in league play. Burford's the same. Both guys, 11 hits and 56 at bats. Both guys batting 196 in SEC games. Well, so you kind of look through
0: Ole Miss and you say, why are they having the troubles that they're having? And I think there are some Ole Miss fans, like some state fans, you want to say, hey, we just need to get hot. Then there's kind of that at some point in the season you are, you just kind of are what the numbers say you are. Here's the thing that has to frustrate you if you're Mike Bianco. Chatagnier last year hits 271. Right now, he's hitting 230. Last year, Derek Diamond pitched an ERA of 5.2. He's over six this year. And you can just kind of keep going through the lineup. Um, Gonzalez, Jacob Gonzalez, who I really like, the shortstop from Georgia, guy that's talked about as a potential first round pick one day. If you look at D1 baseball, they've got him rated, I think, fourth among shortstops in the country. Last year, he hits 355. This year, he's hitting 278. Um, just about everybody on this team. Hayden Leatherwood, an outfielder, last year is hitting 285, this year 222. You can go all the way down the line. Uh, look, Dunhurst, okay? Hayden Dunhurst, who we talked about a lot last year, the old Miss catcher, last year hitting 280, this year hitting 222. McCants is hitting lower. You can go through the list, and it's really hard to find somebody on that team who is having a better 22
1: than they had as a 21. And, hey, we've said the same thing, too, with some of our guys. And it's, it's just so weird. I mean, is it, uh, is it the pressures? Is everybody just getting better? I, I do think the league is getting better at the bottom this year than it was in the past couple of years. It, it all starts with pitching. You know, what we have said this year with our pitching of throwing strikes and falling behind 2-0 and pitching in a lot of behind counts that doesn't even show up in the walks. I mean, they walked eight guys, eight guys in the game on Tuesday – against Southeast Missouri State. Of course, a lot of those are down the line guys midweek. I don't put a whole lot of stock in midweek stats as far as pitching. But their bullpen has had trouble getting guys out. Our bullpen has had trouble getting guys out. I mean, it's amazing. When you start looking at the stats and everything and how these two teams have gotten to this point, it is very eerily similar.
0: Well, so looking at pitching coming into the year, if you look back to last year, Ole Miss lost Hoagland in the middle of the year, which was a big loss to them last year. But so he's not back. Nikazi's not back. You lose Broadway on the back end. And so there were a whole bunch of holes on their pitching staff that they needed people to step up and fill. And I guess we might as well go ahead and talk about our pitching rotations here this weekend. Our pitching rotations, by the way, brought to you by our friends at Mosquito Joe. We talk about this all the time. Now is the time of year where you're starting to be outside more. Mosquitoes are starting to make a comeback. And they just they come back every year, Bart. But Mosquito Joe helps you keep them away. They can take care of you if you're in Jackson, if you're in Meridian, if you're up here in the Golden Triangle. Call our friends at Mosquito Joe. Get an outdoor system. Get the lawn treatments. They've got all sorts of different ways they can help you out. Our friend Bob Carlton down there, give him a call and – they can help take care of you,
1: Spanky. Yeah, old Spanky. Those uh, barrier treatments that they do, they just kind of start on the edge of your property and uh, spray. Of course, mosquitoes don't live as much in grass if you keep your grass cut. That's the big thing there. But they, they, uh, you know, metastasize in pools of water and underneath the leaves of shrubs and stuff like that. They'll give, they'll bring these blowers in here and they, and they'll blow all that stuff into those those uh, shrubs and stuff. Kills those mosquitoes, and so I'm telling you, it's a big, big difference. And of course, as as you said, Charlie, our pitching matchups brought to you by Mosquito Joe. The thing I look at Ole Miss wise that is a little bit different than us is we kind of had our rotation pretty much. Okay, I know we did add Brandon Smith to the rotation last week, and so that's a big difference there. But Delucia has been in the starting lineup, but you you look at them, and they man, they kind of mixed and matched their. The rotation. They're going to go with Elliott in the second game this weekend. He didn't even pitch last weekend, and that drew some ire because he's been a really good left-hander. But Delucia was good last week. He won against South Carolina, went seven and two-thirds. Didn't pitch a whole lot against Alabama. And so it's, it's crazy when you start looking at how these guys have, have pitched well and pitched plentiful and long innings in some weekends, and some weekends they may not even start. So um he was good against Kentucky, he went six and a third against Kentucky, he went six and two third against Tennessee, and but he's a guy that's given up, you know, five runs against Tennessee, four runs against Alabama, three runs against Arkansas State, and so he's gonna be their Thursday guy.
0: Doesn't tend to hurt himself with walks, just ten walks on the year, he's basically a strikeout and inning guy. Hadn't allowed a ton of home runs. Now and then he just gets hit. Um, now look, here's the thing you have to take into account with all these old miss pitchers. Their defense can hurt them. Their defense can hurt them. And they have been, if you look at, it's always different if you look at league games only versus looking at the overall record. But they're among the worst fielding teams in the SEC. And so then you go back and you say, well, does he give up a ton of unearned runs? Well, no, but bad defense can also lead to earned runs. You know, that's the thing people want to look at and say, well, defense hadn't hurt him. He's only given up one unearned run not getting to balls that turn into hits, yeah. not making plays that extend innings, all those things tend to hurt you. Um, What I would say about Delucia is he's he's just a guy. He's capable of it. Look, went seven and two-thirds against South Carolina. He's just a guy. He's not great. He's not terrible. He's capable of having a good outing. Tennessee, the one team that really roughed him up, Uh, Although, one other time, Alabama, he had a really rough one inning against Alabama.
1: Yeah, four runs on four hits against Alabama. Didn't strike out anybody, and he walked two. And so that's the reason he he pitched just a little bit in game one and actually came back and threw two-thirds of an inning in the Sunday game. That weekend. and so, But last weekend bounced back well. And so he'll be the guy going tonight, Delusia. And, of course, we're going to go with Brandon Smith in the game tonight. And so Brandon last week Brandon, – Brandon the last couple times out has been pretty good. Yeah,
0: he has. And the thing I like about Brandon Smith, if you want to beat Brandon Smith, you have to beat him. He doesn't go hurt himself by walking guys, hitting guys. You know what you're going to get out of Brandon Smith, it feels like. The question is going to be whether the sinker ball is working – whether he's getting the call on the outside part of the plate, we've seen that strike zone be really inconsistent this year. I don't think there is a pitcher who has helped as much by kind of getting the ball off the plate as Brandon Smith on our roster right now. I think that's the difference in him being really good or not.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things we haven't talked about. We don't know who the umpires are going to be tonight. You don't know what kind of zone you're going to get in the game tonight. If you can get that pitch about an inch or two or ball or two off the outside corner, that definitely helps Brandon Smith. Okay, tomorrow in the second game of the series, Charlie, you're, you're looking for us. You're going to go, of course, with Preston Johnson. And so Preston Johnson in a small ballpark and, uh, you know, a park that's, that's a hitter's ballpark. And I'm looking up the win right now just to see what the win's supposed to do this weekend. And then Ole Miss is going to go with Elliott. You know, Elliott, as we said just a minute ago, he's a freshman from Tupelo, and he didn't even pitch last weekend. And he's a left-handed guy, and I know South Carolina has a bunch of right-handed hitters. We got a bunch of right-handed hitters too, and so Deluca uh, is going to be the guy tonight, and then Elliot the guy tomorrow night. And
0: all right, so let me give you these splits on Elliot. I thought this was really interesting. delucia by the way, gets hit by left-handers. Left-handers hitting three twenty-six against him. Now look at tomorrow, Elliot. Left hander's hitting three thirty three, but right handers just one eighty-five. And so you start to wonder if that affects how you set your lineup in the outfield, whether it affects whether Slate offered plays, or whether you just kinda put your same guys out there and take your chances. But Elliot has struggled this year against left handed hitters, but he's fared awfully well against right handed hitters. And so what does that tell you for a left handed guy? Changeup's ups pretty good. Got a pretty good change-up.
1: It does. And so you look at this weekend, I was just looking at the weather. The wind's going to be blowing from right field foul pole to left field foul pole this weekend in all three games. And so not as much today, four or five miles an hour, five or six, eight miles an hour tomorrow. And then in the Saturday game, it's going to be blowing 13 miles an hour out of the south-southeast. Their ballpark faces the same way ours does. So it's right field foul pole to left field foul pole. So that's a hitter's ballpark. And so, it's going to open up in the left field. It's going to favor the guys trying to hit it out the left. Now, right field foul pole, if it's blowing out the left, it doesn't hurt that guy trying to pull a ball out the right as much. But right field foul pole, it may you know, it may keep some balls in the yard in right field. Hey, and I know we're talking about pitching lineup here, but I'll give you one
0: quick thing that has jumped out at me. Importance of getting to Elliott. Importance of getting to these guys early. Delusia, the same thing. We've seen him be able to be knocked out of a game. How about this? When trailing after the second inning, Ole Miss has won only one game this year. That's nuts. How important is it to get to these guys early uh, in your at bats? And and that's the thing when you send some young guys out there on big weekends. Last year, the thing and I will remember this when you start talking about visiting performances. I thought Nickasey's performances performance rather against us. In that mid- middle game last year fantastic he it was like every bit of venom that was thrown into him just empowered him and made him stronger. Now, the guy in the middle game ain't Doug NiKsey, yeah, he's a freshman, and he's pitching at home. so you wonder, you know, how does he feed off that
1: absolutely, and then you go to the last game, we're gonna throw Kate Smith, and then they've got Derek Diamond. And Which know, is arguably the best pitching matchup of the weekend. It is. and you know, But you look at Diamond's stats, and, hey, he could come out here and be really good in this game on Saturday. But, I mean, he, he gave up four runs on five hits and five and a third last week against South Carolina. That was a loss. He gave up two runs, two hits, and four and a third against Bama, three runs against Southern Miss in the midweek, three runs and in an inning and a third against Kentucky. and. Three runs and four and two-thirds against Tennessee. His stats haven't been as good this year. He's really had some trouble that second time through the lineup.
0: So, let me give you one of the keys to beating him on Sunday, getting into the bullpen. I say Sunday, on Saturday, game three. Everybody knows that. One of the keys to beating Derek Diamond is forcing them to get into their bullpen on game one and game two. Because one of the things we've seen about Diamond, this is not a guy who's going to go through the order three times in most cases. And he actually struggles second time through a lot of times. And so all of a sudden you start to think that could become a game where the bullpen door's got to open. One of the weaknesses for Ole Miss, is
1: we talked about, is when that bullpen door does, in fact, open. Ole Miss has lost the last six games that he has pitched in. They've lost all five league games he's pitched in, and they also lost the Southern Miss game that he's pitched in. So the last six times he's towed the rubber and come into a game or started a game, Ole Miss has lost. And so hopefully that trend continues this weekend. So the key, though,
0: is turn the order, right? Force him to throw some pitches, grind out some at-bats, and then try to get into the guys behind him.
1: Yep. So that's our look at our pitching matchups brought to you by our friends at Mosquito Joe. And of course, this is the tracks plus deep dig tracks plus with four locations. You've got Hickory, the original, then you've got Columbus, Starkville, Summit, Mississippi, and then Alexandria at Louisiana. Uh, Jen's down in Alexandria today. I said, Hey, you need to go see Hoop Weems. Hoop Weems down there and. Get us a Saney excavator, Saney excavators, mini excavators, barco equipment for the foresters, and then uh, Massey Ferguson tractors and implements. And they're also starting a rental business. I talked to our good friend Chad Tillman yesterday, and they're doing a rental business now. And uh, so if, if you're just looking for something on the weekend, uh, call them at Tracks Plus and they'll get you something to work on work on your place for the weekend. And so uh, go by and see our good friends, Daniel Bounds, Fred Fulton, over in Columbus, uh, Ken Crosby down at Hickory. Gresh Howell and Summit, and as we said, Hoop Weems down in Alexandria, Louisiana on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. All right, Charlie, time now for the two guys can kill you, two guys can hurt you this weekend, brought to you by our friends at Two Brothers. All right. You know, last week we didn't pick the obvious. No, we didn't. We refused to say share a We're jumping into the media phase where guys overthink things. That's my thing. I think we're trying to overthink things and prove to people, hey, you know what, we may think we're a little bit smarter than you, but we're really not. This weekend, to me, I look at this lineup and there's two guys. All right, I'm going to give you a third, but go ahead. I think it's Gonzalez and I think it's Tim Elko. I I'm going to add Justin
0: Bench to that mix. Well,
1: okay, okay. I,
0: I think Bench is a nice player. I don't think, you know, he's Johnny Bench or anything.
1: So, Gonzalez, as you said, was a guy coming into the year that was so thought of at shortstop, a really good shortstop. And they hit him, you know, second, third in the lineup, and then they had to move him to the top of the lineup, and now he's back and settled back in that two spot in the order. Justin Bench has come on and hit of late at the top of the order. Shot and hit up there at some. They're looking for that leadoff guy, kind of like we did early in the year, but Bench seems to be that guy over the last couple of weeks. But. Gonzalez, Tim Elko, I talked about Tim Elko just a minute ago. I mean, just when you look at uh, at Elko in league games, 24 hits, nine of the 24 have been extra base hits, one double, eight home runs. I mean, he, he's kind of a feast or famine type guy. 23 strikeouts and 59 at-bats, and so the strikeout numbers are high for Tim. He leads the team in strikeouts in league play. And then Gonzalez in league play batting just two he He's got seven home runs, though. I mean, he makes them count. Seven of his 13 hits, home runs, two doubles. So, nine of the 13 for Gonzalez in league games, extra base hits. Yeah, he's a –
0: look, I still think that guy's a really good player. Um, So, I guess, who are you picking individually? Who's your guy? Are you going with Elko?
1: I'm going to go with Elko. I I just think Tim Elko has gotten better in league play. He's a guy that's been around that program and uh, kind of been the face of that program the past couple years. and. Elko is a guy you just can't let beat you. And it was one of those deals too, Charlie, of going back to the point of, you know, what has killed us at times, walk, hit batsman, putting free guys on base. This is not the weekend to do that and put guys on base when Tim Elko is coming to the plate. It's one thing for him to bat with nobody on base. It's another thing for him to bat with two or three guys on base. All right, so if you take Elko,
0: I'm going to, in fact, even though I've mentioned bench, take Gonzalez. Here's the thing I like about him. First of all, He's going to see a lot of right-handed pitching. He hits from the left side, which works in his favor. The guy will take a walk. He's walked 31 times this year, only struck out 18. You know, I still I still give a hard time to some of my Ole Miss friends. You know, one of them was – he was talking about – I made the comment. I said, look, Gonzalez is a major league guy. He was like, yeah, as a third baseman. You know, almost as if, you know, the fact that he wasn't going to be a big league shortstop, you know, somehow undercut his value hitting three fifteen against right-handed pitching. And he's been really good hitting with runners on base. That's the guy. Here's the other thing about him. I know the wind didn't a big deal. This guy gets some lift, 38 flyouts, 24 ground outs. But Gonzalez, my guy to watch out for. All
1: right, two good guys right there. Brought to you by our friends at Two Brothers. Two Brothers smoked meats down here on University Drive here in Startwell. Two Brothers can't go wrong with anything they do. They just do it right, man. It's uh, – Great food. It all starts with the type of food. The atmosphere is outstanding. You've got the upstairs that you can go out on the patio and the the balcony area as well. And so sit outside, sit inside, and man, it's just fantastic. Nothing. I, I hate to mention one thing on the menu because everything on the menu that I've ever gotten is really good. And Charlie, it's just a cool vibe down there at Two Brothers. I'm going to hit that up today, later today. Don't have a book to put together. We don't. We're not broadcasting a game this weekend, but. That's become my uh, my late week uh, spot Thursday or Friday. I'm gonna not gonna be in town tomorrow, so I'm gonna hit it up today. Well,
0: it's a good place to hit up.
1: Really is. All right. So, what's your vibe? What's your vibe on the weekend? I can't tell. I, I look. It's
0: very hard any time to analyze a ball game with Ole Miss in any sport because it's difficult to separate emotion. And I don't know how this team is going to react. I think there is some tendency to say this team has quit. It looked like that in their ballgame on Tuesday against SEMO. But SEMO's not a bad baseball team. They are not. And it is one thing to get roughed up on a Tuesday. It's another thing. And I go back and I look. And here is I'm not making the case for Ole Miss to win the series. What I'm making the case for is to say this team's going to compete. And if you think we're going to go up there and just cakewalk, I'd be a little careful with that, is you've got guys like Bench who's been around. He's a good baseball player. You've got guys like Elko who's been around. He's a good baseball player. They have some really good players, and in the exception of probably Bench, Gonzalez, and Elko, are all underperforming. And to some degree, even a couple of those guys measured against themselves are. But this is one of those weeks, it's a rivalry game, They come out, all of a sudden, they've got to be thinking, we sweep this weekend and we're right back in this thing. We sweep this weekend and they are done and may not win another game kind of done.
1: Well, we've had so much success in this rivalry over the last five, six years, which is kind of amazing because they've had some really good teams. And I think it's so big this weekend for a guy like R.J. Yeager. I think it's so big for our top of the order. One of the reasons they had a tough time is because we had a table set at the top and Jake Mangum and Rowdy Jordan. And then you had Tanner Allen batting right in behind that. I think the top of our lineup has to apply pressure this weekend. And I think it's imperative that the top of our lineup provide some pressure.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think it's going to be the key. I think one of the things we saw from R.J. Yeager, even in the midweek game, when he had back to back at bats, one nine pitches, one seven. No, one nine, one eight to 17 pitches and two at-bats. This is one of those weekends where working an account at the top of the order could do some good.
1: Yep. Hey, looking forward to it. We got a weekend off. Going to watch all three games. Tonight's on the network, and then tomorrow night's the plus, and then Saturday is ESPN2U, somewhere in there. All right. So just check your local listings.
0: One of the great all-time phrases, wasn't it? <laughs> check local listings. <laughs> all right. Well, Thanks for hanging out. We'll be back. I guess we will not be back before game three. We'll be back once this thing's all done. So hang in there. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening.